You stay the same through the ages, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the preview show, sponsored by Betway. Arsenal and Chelsea are in the final, and Fulham are in the final. It's Friday the 31st of July. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Venetian Hunter Raja. As the great Teddy Sheringham once said to me, Vish... It's all about timing. <laughs> all about timing. You just squeezed it in I'm there. Just, I'm getting pushed to the edge on this. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Jules is Jules is getting a bit cheeky now. She's she? kind of like hogging a bit of it yeah. and giving me a little bit of rope that I'm just clutching onto. And then well... You, yeah, on the other hand, your name is very long. It is, yeah. 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 So so, but do? really, it's my parents are the ones. <laughs> I think there's been too much said about your name, Vish. Um, I think when it comes to reading names and having the time to do it, I'm pulling my weight here, aren't I? I Two syllables, so. no mucking around. Lovely old yeah. job. Give I and th- go on. You get it, you receive yeah. it, you give it. Take the yeah. ball, pass the ball. Yeah. I'm available, Pep, if you're listening. <laughs> I think it's Pete Donaldson, you know. Donaldson, there's a bit of a... Yeah. You but know. you don't know if he's... You don't know with Pete if he's even going to say his own name. Yeah. True. That is, is the, the trouble. Fear. I just I feel like uh, I feel like Glenn Hoddle talking to that uh, that uh, you, you know young apprentice uh, when he'd handed him the suede boots. When I do a long intro, I just think, oh, yeah. this will test you. Yeah, that will. <laughs> but you're only testing yourself, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday. Viva el Scorchio! What yes. a warm day it is in uh, in England. Um, I assume it's like this for the rest of the country. It certainly is in Bonnie London. Um, but let's start north. Of London, way north, south of Adrian's border, but north of London. Let's go to Newcastle um, because Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, PCFP, no, PCP, <laughs> Capital Partners and Ruben Brothers have withdrawn from the process to buy Newcastle. Yes. Now, the, I mean, Ashley really had us going this time, didn't he? He really did. <laughs> Well, Amanda Slavey said that there was no problem with uh, Mike Ashley. She she was on the record saying that they agreed a deal. She was absolutely fine with how he dealt with things, and, yeah. and and it was as far as she's concerned, none of the blame is at Mike Ashley's door. No, which is probably the first time he's heard that. He probably, <laughs> probably, probably thought, "What? Yeah." He probably woke up to the news like, "What have I done now?" Uh-huh. <laughs> and he said, "No, you've been fine." Well, it's interesting because one of the um, one of the things that came out straight away when this news broke yesterday, now um, so Thursday, was that. It was a bit of Mike Ashley's doing because there was part of the deal that was renegotiated because their original agreement had expired. But even that was agreed upon as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah as you said, yeah, he actually hasn't done but anything wrong Fish, here. Fish, is your understanding of it, like, have you, I mean, because you, you were on the show on Wednesday when you guys talked about it with Pete, I thought Pete's, um, Pete's um, quotes on it were absolutely outstanding, actually. And But is it fair to say that the Premier League have been so worried about this they've just obfuscated and delayed and taken so long that the buying parties have just got bored or, well, or got frustrated and, and decided that's it's not it's more trouble than it's worth and that's that well it's you know what it's really hard to tell i, I think the the unique uniqueness about this situation is that there are journalists locally um you know in the northeast who have been covering this from start to finish who got to, clearly got to a stage where they thought it was gonna go over the line i think there was this there was a part maybe a couple of months ago where we feel like we were about to wake up to more positive news than, than yesterday's news. So that a takeover had gone through. And it does sound like, it does sound like what the Premier League have done, and it's because it's the Premier League, it's really hard to say if they've done it deliberately or just through their own incompetence. But, and famously, they won't comment on either, right? Yeah, so we only yeah, get exactly. one side of the story because they refuse to comment on the thing in, in any way. Yeah, so one of, their, one of the things they, uh, that I've heard from 
people who have been covering it for for a while, and specifically on the Premier League side, was that they were kind of hoping that it would work itself out. Mm-hmm. That by delaying it, there'd be enough kind of public tension and also private tension among the two buying parties that they would be in a situation where they might just walk away. And then, yet at the same time, there was uh, has genuinely been a lot of deliberation over what to do with the various rights issues that you know that Qatar and BN Sports have with mm-hmm. where the Saudi Arabia were uh, basically siphoning off rights yep. for free and Premier League rights. And he made that sound really exciting on Wednesday. He did like satellite based piracy. Know, yeah. Yeah. Where can I hear more about that? Mm. Definitely from him. I'm, I'm not. A kind yeah. of, I like to think of myself as quite a diluted Pete, but I, I can't. Match, <laughs> I can't match him for very, inter, like, interstellar. Almost nonsense. like a homeopathy Pete. Like very <laughs> yeah. very dilute, like one part mm. Pete in a million parts. Yeah. Of Vish. <laughs> do you think it all fell down when one side said to the other, right, we're ready to do the deal. Oh, by the way, um, you've got to keep Steve Bruce on next season. <laughs> that was the deal breaker. Uh, no uh, one... uh, okay. Don't be you're normally very nice to Stevie Bruce. I'm oh, just yeah. I am. I'm loving the fact it Steve Bruce is the winner here. He's yet pr- again. He's probably and... having a lovely holiday at the moment, diving at <laughs> the back of a boat <laughs> in the Mediterranean. Free Bruce eats. Yeah. <laughs> Swimming in bacon. Yeah. <laughs> What's that for? Yeah, that's another dig. Yeah, because well, yeah, he said he, you know, he asked someone who's going to bring the bacon. Who doesn't oh. love bacon? The Saudis. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the statement read, um, with a deep appreciation for the Newcastle community and the significance of its football club, we have come to the decision to withdraw our interest in acquiring Newcastle United Football Club. We do so with regret as we, regret as we were excited and fully committed to invest in the great city of Newcastle and believe we could have returned the club to its position of its history, tradition and fans' merit. And I thought, well, you've... I'm just missing out on the premise. I'm Naughty. Um, it is a sh- I mean, look, there will be Newcastle fans who are gutted about this because, as Pete rightly said, you know, when you have that kind of money coming in, we've seen what it has done for, for Manchester City. No, a different example, different group of people, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it is a bit gutting. However, there are... A number of journalists who I personally like, they've been in the studio a number of times who are saying, I think this is good for, for, for the game. And I understand Pete's point of view that, what did he say, modern life makes a mockery of us all, with yeah. all these sort of things. Personally, from my removed uh, position, and I appreciate this might annoy some people, especially who support the club, I'm absolutely delighted that the problem is there's no simple answer to what is a really complicated situation and the mm. situation has been complicated by the way the Premier League has conducted itself and 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 Vish you alluded to this on Wednesday as well the 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 way the Premier League operates has set itself up for this kind of conundrum mm. so you've got a an owner that no one likes mm. who who is you know people who know more about the football club than I do say he's ripped the heart out of the club and mm. they're desperate for him to go for lots of legitimate reasons on one hand, on the other hand, you've got you know, an abhorrent state mm-hmm. that's run in a certain way, which wouldn't be welcomed, you know, on paper into the, into the football community either. So you're between the devil and the deep blue seas. There's no real, there's no real easy way out of this. Which one's the devil? Uh, well, you can decide. Actually, you can decide. Probably. It's, no, you can decide. I'm okay. leaving that on my. On my you can, I'll leave that. I'll leave me out of that. Does, okay. You tossed a bit of bait in there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm not having it. You saw he had a quiet week in the mentions, and you thought, hold on, here he is. <laughs> Who's more likely to vomit in a fireplace, the devil or the deep blue sea? I don't get any um, mentions because I've muted everyone on Twitter. Um, but, but, the, but, the, but, the, but the point I was just going to make is that Pete's absolutely right, and you guys were right what you said on Wednesday. You know, the, everywhere you turn in modern life, mm. there is a problem to be, to be faced, uh, a moral problem to be faced, pretty much. And... But that doesn't mean we shouldn't call out bad things when we see it. This whataboutism, mm. you know, that happens all the time when something difficult pops up. 
It doesn't really serve anyone. Oh, well, wouldn't you say this about that? Well, you didn't ask me about that. You yeah. asked me. It happened. To, I was on the radio when this started coming, coming up and uh, started being announced, and lots of people were texting in tweeting, well, you didn't say this about that. Well, yeah. you didn't say this about that. So, well, one, that one, I wasn't on the radio when that mm. happened. That was mm. in 1984. <clears throat> that one over there, you haven't asked me about it. Yeah. If you ask me about it, I'll give you my opinion on it. Mm. But the problem is we have, as broadcasters as well, is that... If we give an opinion, we're asked, well, we're not consistent on other stuff. And everything, everything's different. Everything's complicated. There is no easy answer to this. So Newcastle fans will be upset um, that Mike Ashley is going to carry on owning the club for the foreseeable future. But they also won't be queasy, like a lot of them were, about this um, this new potential owner. But as you said, Vish, and a really important stat, I think, to, to reiterate, almost 97% of members of the Newcastle United Supporters Trust were in favour of this deal. Mm. Now, does that mean that they're in favour of an abhorrent regime? Probably not. It means they're not in favour of having Mike Ashley own their club anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. Cancel uh, your Newcastle United. <laughs> go through their old tweets. Um, <laughs> I think the thing as well that a lot of Newcastle fans are kind of holding on to now is the fact that there was probably about a month ago where it sounded like Mike Ashley basically checked out the club, mm. that he was ready to kind of finally pick himself up and, and move on. And the, I think the hope is that he's still of that mind, mm. that... Hopefully this hasn't put him off the you know what it would take to mm-hmm. give someone else or sell someone else the club. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just a case of, buying, of finding new buyers. There's no reason why Amanda Stabley wouldn't be the front-facing um, woman of any new deal. Mm-hmm. If I'm right, in thinking she, she said there were no other. I mean, she would say this obviously. Yeah, and like I said, the Premier League won't comment, and we haven't seen anything from Newcastle. Sol- a solid statement from Newcastle at the time of recording, but she said there's no other credible bids. There was talk of an American, and that's her saying yeah. that as well. I know that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean that that's the, that's the other interesting thing off the back of all of this and I, and I would I would always say to people that while it's easy to hammer journalists for how they might represent the club you support or, what, or how they might mm. represent the club that mm. they they follow is to you know in the in the in the age of the internet and being able to search through and read so many different views I would encourage people to do that as much as possible because what we've seen off the back of this is that there are some people who are very concerned about the Saudi regime and them and sports watching in general there are also some people who are very concerned about what it, how how easy it can be to take over a football club even from the original point of view of Mike Ashley how you can take over a football club and do reprehensible things to it mm. even in the premier league you know i know this isn't just something that happens oh, to the wigans of this world this yeah. happens to top big clubs who are from you know big cities reliant on that football club uh, and then, and then there's also the stage of where did this kind of american bid come from because there was talk of it and it was almost like whose hand are you trying to force there it, it, I found it I found that particular thing really interesting because you can't just come out from nowhere it's not like you're buying a player where you're like oh we could oh if it's only 40 if Nathan Aki is only 40 million then yeah. we can chuck in 45 it doesn't it doesn't work like that mm-hmm. there were so many moving parts to it that I don't even know what purpose it served who benefited from that information being out there mm-hmm. it was the whole thing it, it's kind of a, a, the Premier League were are kind of glad that it is coming to a close and I think they'd be moronic to think that this is now sorted because I don't, we absolutely haven't heard the end of this. Well, the, the, the people have got to go through the meal and have a difficult, to say the least, situation going forward again are Newcastle United fans mm. and, they're, yeah. and they're the ones that deserve a lot better in this. Well, they're the ones who go through the mill. It's always the fans. It's it always is. the fans. We know, we, we know this and it's, yeah. it, it's a great shame and, and I sincerely hope now, again from my very removed neutral position, that they get a, a proper owner, someone decent come in because mm. my goodness, it mm. would be like It'd be incredible. It'll be, it'll be like V-E Day, you yeah, know what I mean, when, when, it, when it happens in that city. So, uh, yeah, best of luck. Um, yeah. I, I am fascinated who will be up next for a bid for Newcastle United. Keys and Grey consulting from Guitar, maybe. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
probably got enough money. <laughs> Probably I've got that. But they're just money. not welcome back. <laughs> I, think, I think everyone would be imagine, agreed on that one. Imagine if Keith and Gray <laughs> failed to fit a broad person. How, imagine Richard Key's blog. And there were dark forces at work again. <laughs> again, exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, my giddy out. Right, let's talk about the playoff semi final. Fulham marched into the. A neutral observer again. <laughs> Another subject you could be a neutral observer yeah. in. Aren't we all? Aren't we all yeah. down at Craven Cottage? Yeah. Uh, Fulham marched into the playoff final, of course, handsomely losing 2 1 to Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and winning 3-2. It was very much a march <laughs> on the way back from a really brutal battle, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it was a lot of stragglers. Staggering a, back. A bit of capoeira football there, just yeah, avoid yeah. getting hit and looking yeah. quite fancy while you're doing it. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought the Fulham made it a lot, they made a lot harder work of it than they needed to. Yes. And I they've think. done that a lot this season, haven't they? They have, yeah. I mean, look, Cardiff got off to a great start and then immediately, boom, Fulham mm. hit them back and you thought, okay, right, that's oof, that was a... That was a bit uh, shaky. And then, of course, as, as the game panned out, you know, Fulham, I mean, they had a couple of efforts. It, it wasn't a great game of football in terms of quality. There were some sort of nice moments, but it was a bit of a spectacle, of course. I mean, there's something about, I, I've seen Fulham a lot this season. It's just something about that I just don't quite trust no, them I to agree. do the job. And it's odd because they finished on the same points as Brentford. They lost less games than Brentford. Brentford's got a lot more goals. Their goal difference is a lot better than Fulham's. So it's not too bad. I mean, on the last day of the season, you know, Fulham still had a chance of automatic promotion. So it seems quite odd to sort of say that about Fulham. But but I'm afraid that's, that's. I mean, maybe that's just, you know, you know what it's like with your own team. You kind of don't trust them or whatever. But I think that is a feeling shared among a few uh, Fulham fans. So I would put Brentford down as favourites. And it seems to be like the, the neutral. The, there seems to be a lot of goodwill around for Brentford. Of course, never been in the Premier League, a new stadium, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I get that. And what they've done at the club, Vish, you were talking about this the, the, the other day, is it's very, very impressive. And they look like, um, as you said, Luke, yesterday, they've sort of almost like woken up from this this haze of not finishing in the automatic spots. I mean, they did really make a bit of a pig's ear of that. Oh, you'd, you'd have been, I think you'd have been quite foolish to favour Brentford after the way they yeah. had mm-hmm. it all in their hands. They lose the last mm-hmm. two games of the regular season. But they have they have turned it around. But mm. on, on the on the Fulham side of the, of the ledger, it wasn't a great game, but it was a game with kind of great moments. Yeah. And I think if, if, if Neil Harris would point towards a reason why they didn't succeed across the two legs... That goal they can see just straight after they scored. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. Yeah. Even at the level we play, amateur yeah. football, it's one of the one of the first yeah. things you learn. Like you're vulnerable. Then mm-hmm. you're still on a bit of a high from that. You're not got a clear head. And if you're playing against a good team, they'll mm-hmm. punish you. And that it was twenty four seconds or something. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. The Fulham didn't create much. They really didn't create much. It, it would have been perfect for Cardiff to get the early goal and then go, right, we know it's set pieces. And but we'll, we'll start turning the screw exactly yeah. as, as they did in the, in the second half. And actually, if, if Fulham hadn't have scored so quickly then I think uh, it would have been a bit of a struggle for him that evening. Yeah, well, it was I've, a struggle, but if you see what I mean. Yeah, of course, of course. I've, I've seen Fulham a few times this mm. season as part of my work, but and one of the things I've noticed is that... Well, mixing work and pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like What, now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't really feel much like the latter. Um, <laughs> but the one, the one thing I noticed is, you know, you look at their team sheets every game and you're like, that, that's a... You know, obviously they were in the Premier League last mm. season, but mm. that, that is a very, very good side who should... Really should have walked this league had you know had they not got off to such a um, bad start at the beginning. But yeah, yesterday, it, you know, you said as a fan, you often worry that your your team aren't mm. good enough or they don't have enough about them to kind of hold things together. Cardiff will know that as well, and they should have known that. Yeah. And so as soon as they score, they they know that actually, mm-hmm. if we sit back for for five minutes, if we yeah. just if we just st- 
you know, right after mm-hmm. the restart, are immediately really solid, then we know they are, they are their own worst enemy. Yeah, here. Mitrovic isn't playing, so so you don't have that kind of. Uh, God, you could hear Mitrovic all the way through the game, <laughs> yeah. shouting and screaming <laughs> Great, all it? the time. Yeah. I wanted a red button option for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The commentator had to keep saying, "Sorry if you're hearing some language." I was like, Is that Mitrovic? Again? <laughs> <laughs> he was he was crazy yeah. for it, and they, they've got a problem on that front because he they, they've almost got an England. The problem England would have had in the Euros this summer, mm. do you play a half-fit Kane? Mm. Do they play a half-fit Mitrovic in the final yeah. when that, he's not been present for this and he's and they've, they've done it without him yeah. in the past? It's a difficult situation for them, I Funny think. It was a huge talking point, wasn't it, before yeah. um, before the game actually got going, before Fulham had actually confirmed in the final, where Leroy Senior and Joby McEnough were like, well, surely if he was anywhere near fit for Tuesday's final, mm-hmm. he'd be in this squad because you kind of need to get to that final first. But if you if you can't even risk putting him on the bench, mm-hmm. then it's, it's something that's but, not going to clear it, up over. But this is funny days. because like different managers have different attitudes towards that. So yeah. I've I've seen managers say in the past, if I put you on the bench, I might need you in the first minute. So you've got to be ready. Yeah, right, right. right. And, but then I think since um, we've seen the the development of larger kind of subs benches in football. They've been much more ready to say we can have him as a spare if we need him. Mm-hmm. When it used to be three subs, a lot of managers wouldn't do it because they said, "If I need you in the first five minutes, you're not fit. I can't have you. Mm-hmm. I can't guarantee I'm only going to need you for the last ten. So, I think is there a huge difference between Thursday night and Tuesday night and a hamstring injury? Maybe I don't know what the sort of grade of tear mm-hmm. he had or, or strain he had, but he's a big player for them. But and top scorer, I think was he top scorer in the league? I think he was, wasn't he? Was. Yeah, of course. Of course. Was. But they've they've got there without him. I mean, one thing is absolutely sure Tom Kenny should not be on free kicks after that one he did last oh come on oh, that's not his that's not his <laughs> that's fault not. that was hilarious and the only thing missing was a way <laughs> yeah, I the felt sound, really sad about yeah, that the, yeah the sound guy should have been that, that should be an option yeah absolutely yeah, it was 100%. a bit disappointing I mean I, I, think, I, I think, think has Tom Kenny's left foot lost it no has it lost it after that was that the death of Tom Kenny's left foot shut up <laughs> Was it um, like the Freaky Friday moment? Yeah, it could yeah. have been. Yeah, it's a body swap. I smell a body swap. No, that, that wand will always have a lo- an awful lot of magic in it. Mm. Um, uh, of course, he got the winner in the player final a couple of years ago when, yeah. when they were in there. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting how Parker lines up against Brentford. We know what Brentford like. They score a lot of goals. Uh, they've got some, some some great players in there. I wonder if Parker will actually set Fulham up to, to just restrict. Because uh, I think if Fulham try and play that passing game... Depends on whether Mitrovic is, is in there or not. Statistically, actually, they've done all right without Mitrovic. Oddly, with with uh, yeah, with, a bit with, of the Ewing uh, syndrome about that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, with with sort of Bobby Reed going uh, up the centre and so on. But I think I don't know. I I I love Tom Kearney as as anyone who cares to listen knows, and I would love. I I miss the days when he had two defensive midfielders behind him, so he could just <laughs> sort of stroll around and, as I say, just just sort of knock him in from twenty five yards. He's a bit more demanded of him now, so I I just I wonder. But then with with Onoma playing like he does with Kearney, you know, you've got a chance with, with with Fulham, you know, and it is a derby, it's at Wembley, so. But I do think for, uh, Brentford will be favourites. Do, do you and think I'm Fulham? <laughs> do you think Fulham can set up like that? Because I've I've kind of have this conflicted in my head because mm. I saw them against QPR at uh, yeah, Craven Cottage, yeah. yeah, where they were pretty bad, but they won. Well, you know, and they, they, they were the same they, against they, Stoke when I they, saw them. Yeah. They scrapped it out, yeah. They did the same against Stoke. Well, Parker's they, turning them into a more sort of scrappy side. Yeah, they did the same yesterday. So it's almost like they don't actually have players who are particularly conducive to a scrap, mm-hmm. but they know how to scrap, which I suppose is going to help them well, if they get into the Premier League next year. Well, Harry Arter's in there, and Reed, mm-hmm. who's I think done really well. He's on season. loan, though, Reed, right? Uh, Arter's on loan. On loan. 
Um, oh yeah, Reed's uh, on loan from Bora and Arter is as well. Okay, right. Um, from they're, Bournemouth, they're all on loan. Knockouts yeah. on loan. Caballero <laughs> oh, on loan. Yeah, you put Caballero as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, do you do any of your own work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, freelance. They're a freelance football club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if only they had a billionaire owner. Scott um, Parker's. Well, I can't make this Saturday. <laughs> I've got another job on. They put me in first. Can you just send me your shifts uh, <laughs> yeah. before the start of the month? Have you sent your invoice in yet? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but speaking of QPR, by the way, oh, yeah. what a terrible time to be a QPR fan. Uh, Almost about, they're probably about to lose their best player. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brentford Fulham in the player final yeah. and Chelsea in, in the, the FA, Cup, FA Cup, final. Cup final. Yeah. Nadia. Absolute Nadia. I know. Westland so, was singing the blues. Somewhere, somewhere Kevin Gallon has just stubbed his toe. Yeah. yeah. The ultimate QPR <laughs> yeah. hero. Yeah. Can I, can I, I remember once interviewing Kevin Gallon about the lack of. About his time. magic hat? No, no, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> but about the lack of, at the time I interviewed him about the lack of QPR strikers. I think they were going for a lot of financial problems. And it was one of the only interviews where I thought, is he gonna? Is he gonna cry? Mm. He was so upset about it. Uh-huh. So I can't imagine what state he's in at the moment. Yeah. Was that Very not like upset. Vish when when you interviewed him for this job? Yeah, he well, cry. <laughs> he really doesn't want to be here. You know, it was, it was only about half an hour in when I was. In he was bits. interviewing me. <laughs> it was only about half an hour in when I was in bits on the floor that he told me who he was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, Why is his studio in a basement? Oh, <laughs> Why can't I leave? Um, can I ask? Can uh, make two more very very brief points about the game. One is that Alex Smith is a great game. Two yep. goalkeepers in that game it didn't mm-hmm. start the season as first choice but yeah. have kind of distinguished themselves haven't they ever since and Paul Tierney is the referee with the hairiest arms I've ever seen right. there's not if ever, anyone listening out there mm. find me a hairier armed referee than Paul Tierney you won't be able to no and that's the importance stuff we need to talk about it's just right. the way you grabbed for your bottle to have a yeah. sip there yeah that was like Mike I, that's the bottom line yeah. <laughs> more said so. well before we go uh, for a break let's go to FIFA House we never go to FIFA house now. They're just, I don't know. They see what's going on there, yeah. is what I'm saying. What Let's... possibly could be the theme of this story? Mm. Uh, the Swiss Special Federal Public Prosecutor has opened criminal criminal proceedings against FIFA's president, Gianni Infantino. The proceedings follow an investigation uh, by the prosecutor, Stefan Keller, into complaints regarding meetings between Infantino, Swiss Attorney General Michael Lauber, and the Chief Public Prosecutor of the Upper Valais, Rinaldo Arnold. Great name. Mm. I, nice to have some FIFA scandal back in our lives. The, th- the thing is, when, when Blatter and, and all them sort of fell by the wayside, thanks to the wonderful work of Andrew Jennings um, and us very much, you know, commentating on it throughout, yeah. it, was, it was a great time, but then the bad guys get, get, get done and you think, hey, it's a great victory. And it's a bit like a detective who's been following a, a, a serial kind of criminal or something for a while and you catch him and you think, ah, there's something missing in my life. Yeah. And so, I, so I don't know. But I, I, think, I think what you could comfort yourself yeah. with is that... I mean, it's four years since Gianni Infantino was first uh-huh. interviewed by the investigatory chamber at the yep. FIFA Ethics Committee. Um, so I don't know if there's anything to suggest that, you know, I mean, to, to paraphrase mm. kind of Roger Daltrey, meet the new boss. Same, Same as the, the old boss. <laughs> I think there might well... I'm starting to think the whole thing might be a little bit problematic, Vish. I don't know about mm. you. What do you have to do to get the FIFA president's job? Do you just have to... You have do to you cry have, through the interview. But, but is there is there like a an unfit and improper test? Yeah. I think the problem we've got with you is that I think you might be too good a bloke. Yeah. 
and it will be a bloke. Yeah. You might be too good a bloke. So I'm not sure if you can. You need to show us that you really want this job. They do that like in the bit in Kingsman where they've got to shoot their own dog. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. And the, 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 stop, the, stop shooting. One of the best. One of the best ever reveals in FIFA history was when the first photo of their mm. executive committee oh, class. office desk thing was, yeah. and it looked exactly like yeah. a Bond villain there. Oh, it, exactly it, it, in every conceivable way. It proves David Icke's right. Yeah. <laughs> Icke's there going, you see. That my whole theory is based on this. I don't think this. that's the point David Ike's making. I've got a couple. Of, I've got a couple of mates who work out With, in Switzerland for FIFA. Oh, have you? Oh, oh, oh. And, and some of the stories of our, even just the decor is unbelievable. Well, go on. I, can't, I don't think I can read. No, you can't go into here, it. But, um, can't go into it, Marcus. I, I of course, he can. It's <laughs> another fifteen pints. Yeah. Um, wow. So I, I did find that. Um, so this is a quote on uh, Infantino. Mm. Uh, For me, the situation is clear that the FIFA Ethics Committee has to open a case against Mr. Infantino, and so it does have to suspend him going forward. <laughs> Set Blatter, everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get in there. That's the one. He's I bet Sp- Set Blatter, when he saw this, yeah. didn't even need an, a journalist to call him. He was straight on there. Just yeah. shouting out of his window. Yeah. 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 Suspend Andrew him. He, someone's phoned Andrew Jennings. Are you coming out of retirement for this? One yeah. last job. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Let's do him. Let's do him. Gian- Infantino. Notable egg, yeah, alleged egg. <laughs> the um, the list of football official, officials banned by the FIFA Ethics Committee Amazing. is, I think, almost eighty people strong. <laughs> look, look at the list. That's the list. Beautiful. Yeah. All, all the na- all the nations are represented as know, well, which yeah. is quite nice. Really, football see. is for everyone. It's, it, <laughs> yeah. it is. That's a quality. And there's action. a lot of big hitters on there. I mean, Chuck Blazer's band. He's still he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, that, is that one of those ones? You know, like Zidane's still got that three match band. Yeah, still still takes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Jack Warner's on there. All the big hitters. Nah, Jack Warner's on there. Set Blatter's on Warner, there. Warner, first name of the team sheet for me. <laughs> yeah, he's captain. Hundred <laughs> percent. Love that. Well, let's let's see what happens with interest. Michelle Platini also involved. Don't of course. Forget him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget him. Yeah, yeah. Wearing the number ten jersey. Yeah, in that lineup. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go for a quick break. Welcome back to the preview show sponsored by Betway. Luke, you've got something to say. I have got something to say. A reminder that you can sign up and support us on Patreon where you can receive loads of extra behind-the-scenes content and bonus podcast episodes for as little as $5 a month. We also run competitions for our members every month and this month is no exception, so listen up. It's that time of the month again. If you sign up to our Patreon this weekend, you'll be in chance with, uh, sorry, you'll be in with a chance of winning a brand new 32 gigabyte iPad. To participate, simply sign up at patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily by 5 a.m. British time this Monday, the 3rd of August. Everyone signed up before the deadline, including those of you who are already Patreon subscribers, will be eligible for the prize. Signing up to a higher tier also makes you more likely to win. If you sign up to our supporters club tier, you'll be entered once. Our ramble on tier will get you two entries. And if you choose to join our highest tier, not only will you become an official friend of the ramble, but your name will be entered three times into the competition. So head over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily by 5am this Monday, the 3rd of August to enter. And we'll be announcing the winner on Monday show, a chance to win a 32 gigabyte iPad. Lovely old job, ladies and gentlemen. Now it's the FA Cup final tomorrow. Tomorrow is Saturday. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Big one, Vish. Big one. Another London derby in another final. My giddy aunt. The yes, excitement yeah. is just flowing through you as a Manchester United fan. Yeah, I, I think this is where I'm going to have to lean on my West London roots yeah. and say that, you know, three out of the four 
sides involving finals. You want finals. Chelsea to win against Arsenal? I didn't say that. I'd like, just okay. like West London to thrive. Yeah, it's such a impoverished area. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be Fulham really good for the Bradford. community, wouldn't yeah, it, yeah, if yeah. Chelsea and Fulham won. What's wrong yeah. with that? No, nothing. What nothing. You got against Fulham Broadway is lovely. Yeah. I don't have anything against posh people. Okay. Some of them do very good shawarmas. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so Chelsea v Arsenal. What, 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 what do you think? Well, immediately you see that fixture and uh, and the personnel involved. What, what, what leaps to mind? I kind of what. So obviously I have to park my bias here. So I'm, I'm kind of. I, I think I'd go and. I'd, I'd support the team who needs it the most. And to my mind, that is Arsenal, mm. not just for qualifying for Europe but when you have all this talk of a project and you realise like, it doesn't actually take much to start talking about a new manager and their vision and mm. their ideas and how they implement them and things like that um, when the reality is that you know Mikhail Arthur took over Arsenal when they were mid-table and they finished mid-table mm. so they kind of need something a bit extra to they have a top half-ish come on oh, well, yeah ish There's... as good as yeah. some parts of the top half are very much mid-table <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. no getting away from that yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um uh, I think obviously both managers have a degree of that where they would a bit of silverware would be something tangible to say that right this we're heading in the right direction they're two young managers mm-hmm. who have impressed at various points during the season but but do need something a bit more than pats on the back from mates in the media mm-hmm. or people who just like the cut of their jib um and I think they'd want that personally as well because they to be taken seriously you just need to win things it's mm-hmm. not really about continually finishing in high enough league places to get into Europe and then do that mm-hmm. all over again um and the irony is that fans judge you on that because fans get those big days mm-hmm. out which obviously they're not going to get on Saturday so yeah. I'd say for my mind Arsenal probably have the most to gain and then subsequently to lose from from this Saturday because Ultimately, it could be another stage where they go into next season and wonder, actually, go through it all again, as mm. they did with with Emery, wondering if Arteta really is up to scratch, especially given that the number of new signings they're going to have to make to build themselves into a machine and a team mm. that he wants them to be. See, I actually think that... Um, I hear what you're saying. I actually think this is probably bigger for Chelsea because um, Lampard finishing in the top four and winning a trophy in his first season at Chelsea is, is absolutely brilliant. It's 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 a it's 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 better than I think we all thought. Whereas if Arsenal lose the final, I think people say, "Oh well, you know, it's to be expected. We are playing against a better side." And if they win, they'll say, "That's great." But it's about the you know we've got to sort out the league form. Whereas I think for Chelsea, Luke, I think it actually would be a bit more of a feather in the cap. Yeah, it's um, Tim Sherwood with A levels versus Pep Guardiola without A levels, isn't it? In, 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 <laughs> that in the, is uh, unbelievable in the in the, in the uh, management state. But what, what's interesting to me actually <laughs> is that um, is that, <laughs> that there's no need for that. What Frank Lampard? How dare you say that about Tim him? Sherwood with A levels? He's got on, a lot. I you... said it yesterday. He's got a lot of Tim Sherwood energy about him, hasn't he? He's part of that little no, gang. No, isn't I, he? I, he's good. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not okay. Whether he's all right, a... Tim Tim Sherwood with a degree from an ex poly university then and a BA. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what it puts me in mind of is the... Um, is which, and this, this feels like it was about 20 years ago, by the way, for, for a number of different reasons, but these two teams met in a big final last season. Like Chelsea yeah. beat Arsenal 4-1 in the mm-hmm. Europa League final. Different managers then. Quite a lot of different personnel as well, based on what we think the lineups will be tomorrow. Um, it's interesting how two teams can change so much in such a short amount of time. I know it's a little bit delayed because of, because of um, the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. I hear what both of you are saying. I think it's a massive game for both teams because neither managers won a trophy, to my knowledge, unless I've forgotten something completely stupid. I don't think either of them have won a trophy. Um, And they are, sadly, though Chelsea are doing slightly better than Arsenal and in a slightly different situation, they're still, you know, 
a blot in the distance compared to the teams who are challenging at the top of the Premier League. When you say neither manager won the trophy, I mean, they've hardly been in the manager. No, of course, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So it's yeah. a big step for them. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, they're starting to really hang their hat on. If you, if you look at, you know, it's, it's, I love the FA Cup and I'm of the age of someone who really, really enjoys it and has, has enjoyed it over the years. But if you look at the, the current state of football, the FA Cup isn't a huge deal to, to a club the size of Chelsea or a club the size of Arsenal. Arsenal have won a million times already. Mm-hmm. Chelsea you know, have won European trophies and, and, and Premier Leagues. And the FA Cup sadly doesn't have that same pool. But for the managers, it's actually very important. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be quite a cagey game tomorrow because of that, because I think it will be really important. Neither manager will, be, will, be, um, will want to lose it, obviously, anyway. But the reason they won't want to lose it, in my opinion, is because it, what it represents for them is a real platform. Mm-hmm. They can say, right, we've got a trophy in the cabinet. I can justify my role, mm-hmm. especially someone like Mikel Arteta, who's never really managed before. Mm-hmm. If he can start off with an FA Cup, continue that great FA Cup tradition for Arsenal, it's huge. If Frank Lampard can get a trophy mm-hmm. under his belt and a top four position in his first season in charge, it's an amazing season for him, whichever way you slice it. So it's a, it's a for the first time in a wee while, I think, the FA Cup final is has got quite a lot of subtext, quite a lot of narrative mm-hmm. to it. Well, if Arsenal win, they'll qualify for Europa League. Of course, if Chelsea win, then Wolves will qualify for the Europa League. They'll be pulling for the Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Well, if Arsenal win the FA Cup and Wolves win the Europa League, then eight English teams will be in European competition. I mean, that is ridiculous. Next season, it'll be it'll be an onslaught from the English into, into Europe, mm. which is uh, not a political statement. But um, if Frank Lampard wins the FA Cup, Fish, he'll be the first English manager to win the Cup, si- cup since Harold Redknapp in 2008 <laughs> with Portsmouth. Harold. And, Harold! <laughs> and, the, and the one before old Redders was Joe Royal with Everton in 1995. English managers have a dreadful, a dreadful uh, record in, in recent times in the FA Cup. I mean, obviously, an English player has never won the Premier League. But um, but I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to see that. I, I, I think that um, Lampard's done a good job. I think they are unquestionably, defensively, the worst team to ever finish in the top four in the Premier League. Right? Oh, come on. They are. Well, I think they've conceded the most goals in the they top must five, have. haven't they? They yeah. must have. They conceded 15 more goals than the worst defence to finish in the top four last season. Right. Defensively, they are very, very poor. It's been, mm-hmm. uh, look, we've talked about it on this show in terms of how they do without the ball. Defensively, they're very poor. I, that, I'm, not, I'm not using this as a stick to beat Frank Lampard. What I'm saying is... Mm-hmm. He's got quite an obvious thing he can do for next season, if he can do it, whether Tight it's enough. with signing. Yeah, and, and they can be even better. Mm. It's a clear path. Whereas I think Arteta and Arsenal have got a lot more questions to answer. Yeah, I think I think for, for me, this you remember when Arsene Wenger won the FA Cup with Arsenal when they beat, um, let me get this right, they beat Man City in the semi and then they beat Chelsea in the final. Now, obviously, that, that could happen again. And they were really gritty, dogged performances from Arsenal, which is not what we come to expect from them. Vish, could it be one of those ones? I mean, you think about it, when, the, when, they, when they won their semi-final, people didn't think that was going to happen. And that sort of... Arteta seems to be finding... You know, as I say, even Wenger's uh, Arsenal, we didn't think that of them. They can produce the odd performance, which can win them a cup, as we've seen not that long ago. They've won a, a few FA Cups. Yeah, yeah. And I think they'd probably look to that victory over Liverpool um, and see how they can... You know, they they are very good on the counter-attack because they have those players like Saka, like Aubameyang, like Lacazette, who, and, and Pepe, of course, who can go forward and, and play so in waves. And there was... Uh, <laughs> You know, I think there was that goal they scored against Liverpool. Oh no, sorry, against Manchester City, where it was x many passes and this, that, and the other. And there was talk of the, that being the Arsenal way. But really, for that game, they were mm. kind of up against it. They, knowing the game was going to be skewed that way, they made sure that they were a bit more mm. uh, solid defensively. So yeah, there, there's absolutely no reason why they couldn't emerge with the with the trophy tomorrow. It's just the case of whether 
whether Chelsea panic. You know, Luke touched on it there and said that both managers would want something out of this, so therefore it could be quite a cagey game. It's a FA Cup final that's had a lot. It's going to have a lot on it compared to previous ones. So I think the worst thing that Chelsea could do is think they could, you know, be more solid. I think they just they just have to go for Arsenal straight mm, away yeah. and and try and try and settle the game in the first half, really, because we we've seen enough from Arsenal that they can crumble under that pressure. Mm-hmm. There, there are there are touch points on in this competition, <clears throat> which st- I don't want to be one of these kind of old. There's no magic in the FA Cup anymore because I don't really believe that. But there are definite like data points, if you like, that say that the FA Cup, you know recently hasn't been quite as important or quite as engaging as, as perhaps it once was. You look at the final when City absolutely batter Watford, you know, 6-0 was a bit of a, a bit of a grim spectacle, really. <clears throat> and the best team in the country, um, Liverpool, just don't take it seriously. I mean, they, 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 they don't do anything in the FA Cup, really. I mean, if you look, then they struggle to get past Shrewsbury this season. They got, they're beaten quite handily by Chelsea. Klopp doesn't pick strong teams in the FA Cup. And he never, to my memory, and I might be wrong, certainly in recent Klopp years, mm-hmm. he's not really picked a strong team Has at all. Disrespected the cup. I think he's disrespected you. Mm-hmm. He's disrespected you, Vish, and he's disrespected me. But does he respect Arsenal fan too? I though? hope so. Mm-hmm. And not called that anymore. No, not allowed to be. Yeah, well, I remember that I was before they went commercial. Yeah. <laughs> you're um, a, you're a lifer, <laughs> AFTV lifer, and you can you can actually hear Marks on AFTV every Sunday. <laughs> that that is strictly not true. You brought it up. <laughs> I'll take it to the trenches, no problem. It's not released till Monday. <laughs> um, uh, what about former Chelsea man Nathan Ake signing for Man City? Fish, uh, forty-one million. Well, uh, well. It's a, Hold on. Yes, I've, I've, been, I've jumped the gun there. Bournemouth. Uh, I think it's generally considered these. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Chelsea yeah. have a buyback option, but apparently they're not interested in signing. So it's it, at the yeah. Moment. Why would they need a good defender? <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. This is administratively. This is, this is actually a lot easier than it would be normally. We're still not interested. Nah. Where, where does he play? He plays in defence. Where's that? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, what, what league do they play? In? Can he yeah. get forward? Well, he wants to play defensive midfield. <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough. It's still not enough for yeah. us. Um, yeah, so uh, it looks very much like he's going to go to Manchester City for all uh, you know all the reports and, and so on and so forth. Unless there's breaking news as we leave the studio, which is uh, very rambled. Like uh, Pep was asked back in January if they were potentially interested in signing Ake in the summer, to which he responded. We don't speak about that. All oh, right. Mm. Sometimes it goes a bit weird, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well, yeah. you are going to have to speak about yeah. it, mate. Well, so, so it in. There's also talk that, and I think and I, this is perhaps a stupid thing to say, and perhaps people may even argue it's not the stupidest thing to say that I've said today. Mm. But I'm going to say it anyway. Right. I think Nathan Aki is a little bit underrated because he's not very tall. Mm. I think that's absolutely spot on. Right. Because and he, and he happens to play in a team that aren't very good defensively, yeah. so it's easy to look at a short bloke playing in defence, but he's not short. But, you know, someone who isn't... He's not a towering to, defender. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. think, well, that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. This is a really interesting signing because I think it's maybe something that I've only really become properly attuned to over the last few years. But just how necessary it is to have a right-sided centre-back yeah. or anyone in the right of any middling position to... or Sorry, in the middle to be either right or left-footed and how mm-hmm. important is that just for accessing the, yeah. the more open areas in the field. And I think... Uh, I can't remember the stats. I saw it on Twitter the other day. So someone, if they could tweet us to it, that'd be great. Yeah, but must be true. Uh, it was <laughs> it's about the number of minutes that Aki's played. Mm-hmm. I think since the start of last season, and he's he's up there with Laporte as mm-hmm. uh, as a, um, a left sided centre back. Um, but there really aren't very many in the league at all. Mm. Um, and so I actually I, I I don't necessarily think he'll start because Laporte 
you know, is is their man, really. Mm-hmm. He's the person they they actually need to get someone on the right to yeah. back him up, not someone, you know, unless he's going to persist with Fernandinho, they probably... Yeah, but, that, but Ake does fancy playing in defensive midfield. And you think about the role Fernandinho's played, but that's, what, that's the what, It is a gamble, I, I, yeah. I grant you, because he has been primarily defender, but we know Pep loves a full-back. And Ake can play fullback, so and and, and we know that Pep moulds players, and, and and he does interesting things. So I think he's, he's he seems to be quite mouldable, if that's a word. Yeah, uh, yeah. certainly is for Pep. And uh, <clears throat> but I understand the point you're making. Though. But to me, to me, it's a case of I think it's, the point is being slightly missed because I think that you're assuming that he's not going to start another centre back. Well, that's and right. I think they will. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. I think that if they go for like an oven ready right sided centre back like. Koulibaly, for example, mm-hmm. they've been linked with, right-footed, obviously you know, late 20s, mm-hmm. very experienced, brilliant player as well, in most people's opinion, including my own. Then they, they solve that problem. But I mean, the reason I think that's happening is because the first thing we saw after this Nathan Aki thing was announced yesterday is that there's, there's um, things being put out about John Stones. So John mm. Stones is off. John Stones yeah. is going to West Ham. I mean, what West, what John Stones has done to deserve going to West Ham, I don't know. But <laughs> but that's that's that that's looks like it might be a potential yeah. destination for him. So if they're saying... We're going to move on John Stones. To me, they know they're short defensively and they know they're not just going to have one out and one in. That wouldn't make any sense at all, so, particularly so, given that Fernandinho's as old as he is. Yeah, well. yeah exactly. Well, if Koulibaly's exactly. oven ready, is like Ake on the slow cooker. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ake, Ake's kind of, he's marinating still. Is he? Yeah, no, marinating no, still. Right, okay. Because yeah. Yeah, Laporte missed a bit of the season um, and just gone. It's an understatement, and- isn't it? He missed a massive part of it. Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think because of part of that, they just know that... You know, while while he did was able to come back after the restart, that they just they need mm. a, a proper replacement because the drop off when you're at Man City it can't be that great. Mm. We see how out of place Stones looks when yeah. he, when Guardiola has to play him to the extent that he just stopped playing him. Yeah. And they're also, yeah. by the way, Man City are also a team that are, that are fighting on on many different fronts. They're yeah, a exactly, team who judge yeah. themselves yeah. on all the different competitions they're in. Guardiola loves winning the League Cup. They they've got a, a strongly held, long held ambition to do something in Europe. Mm. They have to compete on all these different fronts. It's a it's a very very shortened season. Have you yeah. seen the potential schedule coming out for next season? It is unreal. He's, how he's, many yeah. games? He's a good squad player. Yeah, he could. They he, need they need players for yeah, sure. They certainly do. Yeah, um, gentlemen. You know what's back tomorrow? The but Scottish Premiership. <laughs> We're going to get a chance to guess. <laughs> I was going to say Stranger Things or something. No. <laughs> the Scotch Prem is back tomorrow. Hey, 1st of August, bang, straight what, in um, there. And who have Hearts got? Sadly, <laughs> the Hearts aren't involved due to dark forces. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Absolutely. Know, so well done. You won yeah. that one. No, nah, it was just, ba- it was just banter. Good will always uh, triumph over evil. Yeah. Um, it's not at the moment. It's not this season. <laughs> in the Scottish Championship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. funny, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Celtic are going for an unprecedented 10 in a row. Can Stevie Gerrard stop them? Can, can I ask a question, a particularly stupid one, to someone who knows a lot more about Scottish football than me? It's never been done before. I thought Rangers did it. They've done nine. Nine, yeah. Okay, so 10's never been done. Never been 10. Are they going to get Big Brendy back for that? <laughs> what, Rangers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine, imagine yeah. that. Yeah. He's exactly the type of manager. Yeah. Well, they do like me in Glasgow. Yeah. 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 Full yeah. stop. Yeah. What about Sorry. Derek and the Dandies? Yeah. I'm all over that. Uh, they, yeah. they were going to sign Stephen Fletcher as well, just to, just to have this. people. It was almost like they were trying to recreate my period at Edinburgh University, uh-huh. where like Hibs had like a really exciting team with mm. Derek Rodden and... Stephen oh, yeah. Fletcher. Very and I thought, exciting, well, yeah, just yeah. get everyone back and I can you know, go up for a reunion. Was that, years McLeish? Later. was that McLeish was in charge of Hibs then? No, it was <laughs> someone I forgot. Big Yogi Hughes. Could have been Neil Lennon. No, that was later, much later. Yeah, it was later, yeah. Um, speaking of Scottish managers, did you see uh, there was a piece last month 
Um, <clears throat> Craig Brown was reflecting on And now uh, we come on to the reason why we're talking about Scottish yeah, football. That was all yeah. just preamble-vish. Okay, Marcus, for those who listen to the show newly, Marcus loves Craig Brown. Well, don't we all? Yeah. Why should fair. you have to say you love Craig Brown? That's true. It should be a given. It's assumed. Well, of course, we remember that predict. He made the greatest prediction of all time ahead of the season, of course, when they said, well, who do you fancy for the league this season? Then he named every team in the league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was amazing. Right, and it turned out that he was correct. He one, was, of, yeah. one of them did win the league. Yeah. But uh, he was reflecting on his Scotland side's campaign at World Cup 98 um, in a piece last month. And, and uh, if you don't remember, they lost 2-1. Uh, it was a valiant effort against Brazil in the opening game. Tommy Boyd own goal, wasn't it? Uh, Tommy Boyd own goal. Yeah. Uh, they drew one all with Norway in the second game. They needed to get a result against Morocco in the third game and obviously assumed that Brazil would beat Norway, which they didn't, so it didn't matter anyway. But um, but they got beaten 3-0 off of Morocco, which was a disappointment. <laughs> Very disappointing. I mean, 3-0 is a bit of a gubbing at, uh, at World Cup level, uh, especially there wasn't that much disparity in the sides. And Craig Brown certainly believed that. Apart from three goals. But yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, that's perhaps reflected because Craig Brown said, nobody could say we were humiliated. Every stat apart from goals was in our favour. <laughs> You got a Google alert set up. <laughs> Poor old why, Craig. Why is someone putting put him in the position to answer that question? I think I think it's me. He's a legend. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got legend. such a nice face as well. It's like he's he was, got a lovely face. Like a Dis- I've met the man. He's beautiful. A little beautiful. Disney mouse. And we should also say that um, very happy birthday, 80th birthday to Craig. Perhaps 80 earlier this month as yeah. well. Yeah, why is someone birthday. calling up? Someone about to turn 80. But uh, well, what about when you lost in 98? You, you're just ringing about birth to, to happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, happy birthday. Um, yeah. <laughs> Also, the Newcastle United takeover collapsed on the... What year would it have been? It would have been the... what, 20-something anniversary of Alan Shearer's signing for Newcastle. Is that right? Disrespectful. At least ah, leave it to the next day. Yeah. Exactly. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, and of course, this weekend as well is the Irish Cup final. 500 fans will be allowed into Windsor Park for the big one between Glen Torren and Ballymena United. So the first game in the UK, uh, which will uh, which will involve some, some some fans. And the Irish Cup is in Northern Ireland, so yeah. up yours. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, yeah first first UK. But I mean, uh, your money's on Glen Torren, presumably. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marcus scored draw. Marcus Kane, the captain. It's always nice to have a Marcus in <laughs> Something we can all get It's behind. just an extension of Marcus' ego, this show. Yeah, uh, I didn't realise the first half would be so Marcus heavy. <laughs> get, I think that's why the, in, the, in the pre-meeting before the show, he was like, just get FIFA out of the way in the first yeah, half. Yeah, there we are. Let's get him out of the way. Right, OK. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for this. Wise games is quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. And I'm delighted to say for this week's edition of Luke's Game, we've got a brand new contestant in the studio. Oh, who's that? Uh, good morning, sir. Would you like to tell us your name and where you're from? Hi, I'm Vidishna Hantaraja. I'm from Ealing. Uh, I like calamari and um, I'm... Hopefully very, obscure I'm, football I'm, players. Cause very, you're very scared. Right yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. you saw, I got whitewashed seven weeks and I'm yeah. scared of. Well, you know what I did? I, I made the terrible, terrible mistake of listening to last Friday's show because I thought there was in some way that I could prepare for this. Mm-hmm. No, no, and no I you can't thought, prepare. No. And I thought, oh, I just get mentally ready. So if I hear a name, I'll just like, right, yeah. think of the clubs. Yeah, yeah. And the mistake I made was that, Marcus, you did very well last week. Well, actually, I, I only... Well, there was a lot of controversy around Scott Parker, but I did accept the decision. So really, I only got one right. Andy got one wrong. So I didn't actually do that well. Yeah. It's a funny old game, Greedy. Yeah. Well, now, 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 now I'm in my own head. Look, yeah. <laughs> last week there was a bit of controversy, so I'm going to clear that up now. Marcus took it very gracefully at the time. Thank we you. thank him for that. He understands that, that, the game, <laughs> that the game is the most important thing. Regular listeners will know how to play. New listeners will get it, as the jingle says. 
I must be absolutely clear here. There is to be no repetition of the clubs. There is to be no wrong clubs. Can you ask, have I said this and this yet? I can... Why do you always ask me difficult questions I'm not prepared for? <laughs> um, I don't think you can, no. I think you need, you have a responsibility to know the clubs you've named and the names of the clubs you all haven't. Right, if right. you are going to bid 12 clubs you're going to name, yeah. it's your responsibility to know which ones you've named. Okay. Rich has got a pen and paper, that's all I'm saying. All right. So we can we can we can assume that he is <laughs> if he fails, which he probably will, he's at least prepared. That's cheating. No debutant. How is that cheating? You don't have to write stuff down. No debutant. There you are. No debutant since Andy Brussel has ever won a version of Luke, an edition of Luke's game. That's not so. true, because when we first introduced it... That doesn't really count. <laughs> I mean, when a sport was invented, that, that technically debut, there's debuts around. Anyway, Vish, you are first, uh, because you are new. Your first player has played for 10 clubs in total. He retired in 2018. It's Diego Forlan. Oh, good one. Oof. And I need to remind you, a quick game is a good game. Diego Forlan. That's 10 clubs. Yeah. It's surprising, I'm, isn't it? 10 bleeding clubs. Yeah, you heard me. I'm going to say I can guess three. Three? Marcus, would you like to bid four? I would like to bid four. Vish, do I hear five from you? Uh, you don't, no. Okay, so Marcus, you need to name four. Mm-hmm. Are you, uh, do you feel comfortable with what the rules are? Yes. Good. Okay, so you go and name four clubs mm-hmm. that Diego Forlan played for. One at a time, please. Manchester United. That's correct. Villarreal. That's correct. Atletico Madrid. Correct. Inter. That is also correct. Mm. One uh, point Penarol, to Was Penarol one? Penarol is one, yeah. yeah. So he started off at Independiente, Manchester United, Villarreal, Atletico Madrid, Inter, Internacional, Cerezo, Osaka, Penarol, Mumbai City FC, and he finished his career at a club called Kitchi, which yeah. I've never heard of. Do you know what? I thought of Villarreal as we were doing that. I thought, oh. Marcus, you are one nil up. Vish, a slow start, but you made a bit. <laughs> Vish, you made a tricky, bit. No, but it's tricky though. Well, you no, think yeah. to yourself, oh, did he play for... Oh, that's a tricky one for like. No, I, think... I got the middle three. So I got, yeah, yeah I got... Would you, do you think you should have bid five United. in the end? No. Okay, no, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, no I, regrets. I, I tried yeah, to and play. I've got no regrets there. I tried to play aggressive against Andy. Got whitewashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, the next player has played for seven clubs in total. He oh. retired in 2016. Yeah. Uh, <clears> he is Bobby Zamora. Oh, blimey. Seven clubs? Correct. Right, okay. Flipping Nora. Uh, Vish is writing down, but he could be writing any old map. It could, it could be mind games, It mate. could be. It, it could, could be, be mind games. That's very naughty of you, yeah. Vish. I'll say four. Vish, can you do five? Uh, yes, I'm going to do five. Six to you, Marcus? No, let him do his five. Okay, Vish, you need to name one at a time. No repetition, no wrong answers, no youth teams. Five clubs that Bobby Zamora has played for. Brighton and Hove Albion. Correct. <laughs> nice to hear their full yeah, name. Yeah, you. yeah. West Ham. Correct. Queen's Park Rangers. Correct. Tottenham Hotspurs. Correct. Ah, and Fulham. Correct. Well played, sir. That is one all. So well he started his career at Bristol Rovers, then went Bath City, Brighton Hove Albion, Spurs, West Ham, Fulham, Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, and that's your seven. Obviously, he went back to Brighton again. Yeah, that's yeah, your yeah. seven. Um, he's delighted to get off the mark. <laughs> well done, mate. One all. It's all to play for. Yeah. Okay, the third... Player is Vish to to to, to Dame first. Uh, he is still currently playing. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. he's played for five clubs in total, Ooh. and he is Diego Godin. Diego Godin. Ooh. <sighs> yes. I think I can only legitimately do three. Okay, Marcus. Okay. I'd like him to name those three. Okay, three. Changing tactics. Aficionados of the game will notice a change in tactics there from Marcus Spelly. Let's switch it up during the game. It's yeah, I, I know. Can't yeah, name three. <laughs> Vish, I need three from you, Diego Godin, please. Mm. Uh, so Inter. Correct. Atletico Madrid. Correct. 
This is the one. Villarreal? Correct. Well played. Well played. Hey, there you go. Started his career at Cerro in, I could presume that's in Uruguay. Um, then went to Nacional, mm-hmm. big rivals of Peñarol, of yeah, course. Then yeah. Villarreal, Atletico Madrid, and Inter, as you've named. It's 2 yeah. 1 to Vish. Marcus, you're up first. Like to remind everyone, Vish is a journalist and has been for a long time. Uh, there we go. Change his tune. I think you might have broken the back of this, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right. The fourth player, Marcus, you are to go first. Could mm. be an advantage. Could be. Might not be. Depends mm. who you get. Indeed. He's played for five clubs in total again. Mm-hmm. So not as many as, as we've heard, but the same amount as Diego Dean. He is still playing as well. Uh, and he is David Luiz. David Luiz. Naughty. Very, very naughty. Um, I'll say four. Four? Fish, you're going to have to go for the well, clean I have, to, I have to go aggressive. I can't leave any room for Fish. No, you can't. I said four. Um, I, I I'd let him name his four. Okay, go for it, Marcus. Arsenal, Chelsea, PSG, Benfica. Correct. Easy one. The club you were missing was Vittoria. Vittoria. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. No. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> Vish, it's come down to this. It's two all. Last it's been one. A good, good game. game. Great game. Whatever happens, it's been it's been lovely. Luke's game. It's been, it's been great. It's been great stuff. <laughs> one for the purists. Um, Vish, you're first. He's played for eight clubs. He retired in 2007. It all comes down to this. Okay, this is where Marcus's experience might come to the fore. It might not though. Eight clubs in total. Retired in 2007, as I said. John Hartson. Oh bloody Nora. John, John Hartson. Um, Forward, regularly heard on, on, on the BBC these days. Seems like a lovely chap. Don't know him. Um, sure, he, sure he's nice. Um, apart from that time he booted someone in the face. But, um, <laughs> eight clubs um, in total. Uh, I'm going to go with... I think I'll only do four, yeah. Four. Marcus, do I hear five? This is a big, big moment for Marcus here. He can put all his experience to use here. It's not one of those annoying numbers for yeah. If he just said like, well, obviously he said two. I'm going to have to go. Five. I'm going to gamble. Five. You want to go six? I don't. Okay, Mark. It's all down to you. It is. Don't make any silly errors. No, no, no. Okay. Five clubs that John Hartson's played for. No repetition. Mm-hmm. No wrong answers. No youth teams. Go for it. Arsenal. Correct. West Ham. Correct. Coventry City. Correct. Very Celtic. Good. Correct. Portsmouth. Incorrect. Ah! <laughs> the winner. He's done it's it. Mr. Hannah Raja. Damn it all. I he thought... never played for Portsmouth. He never. It's Gutted. Luton Town. Luton. It's Arsenal, West Ham, Wimbledon, Coventry, Celtic, West Brom, and Norwich. The end of his career. Ooh. No Portsmouth. I had Crystal yeah. Palace written down, so I would Yeah, I, would, I thought to myself, I've, I was confident on four. And that's why when you said four, I was like, bollocks. If you'd have said three, I was in. Well played. Down to well the, played. You got Coventry. He was only there for 12 games. Yeah, was I, he? Yeah, yeah, I totally missed that. I, oh. I, I, I wouldn't have got that. Anyway. I, just, I can visualise him in the, in the Coventry. Wimbledon, I should, Wimbledon, I should have got it. Yeah, I should have got Wimbledon. Congratulations to you, Vish. Well done, Vish. Delighted. First. First win? Yeah, I mean, I'm coming for your Brassel. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I've got a taste words. for it. <laughs> yeah, well played, sir. Marcus, well done. Unfortunately, very close. Could it have gone good. either way. That's what, but that's what it's about. It sure is. It's just, it's, it's all about that's Luke's, a beauty Luke's game was the winner. And people, can, and people should remember, always, it's easier when the spotlight's oh, not yeah. on you. Oh, yeah. Can I just say, like, I, you know, I have enjoyed that very much, and it is an honour to play for the first time. Um, no, that's, that's all you need to say. But, Carry on, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Marcus, is that now three in a row you've lost? Oh! No, I won against Pete the other week. He did. That doesn't count, does it? Yeah. Having a dig at Pete because he's not here to defend himself. I, I want to I no, see Pete versus Kate. Yeah, I do as well. It'll be about yeah. five seconds long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to uh, the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. Join us tomorrow for another Greatest Games uh, episode in association with the Blizzard. Asif Kapadia, the director of Diego Maradona. Legend in yeah, the building. Um, indeed. He joins us to talk about another of those great European nights at Anfield, Liverpool for Barcelona nil from 2019. Is that a good one? Oh, 
beautiful. Great, yeah. Good. Marvellous, absolutely marvellous. Yeah. Um, so there we are. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Vin. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production.